Hello, and welcome to another episode of Under a Rock with Brielle and Gerlin. Today we are uh, talking about one of my favorite movies from childhood, The Muppets Take Manhattan. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. First of all, I want to ask, like, did you like the movie? Yes, I did. I okay. enjoyed it. I'm glad that you liked it. Is um, I want to say it, it gave me the same impression and then not not comparing the films at all mm-hmm. but it gave me the same impression as labyrinth like well, it's by the same people i mean oh is it yeah it's a oh. muppets it's jim henson you know uh, I, i'm sorry <laughs> I, <laughs> I clearly do not do my homework it's okay um but what, what i mean by that is just like just the the whole 80s aesthetic like the music mm-hmm. the way it's very 80s the way it's shot um just the just the it's just a warm quality of film that mm-hmm. you don't get anymore. Yeah. Because, you know, everything is all nice and pristine and HD. Yeah. But, like, you get a little fuzz with the camera. Oh, definitely. It really, I mean, it really adds to it. I mean, that's, I think, also just a product of the times. You know, technology wasn't where it is now. Right. I mean, now we have things like 4D and Ultra K and things. They didn't have that then. So everything from, you know, I would say almost like the early 90s back always ha- has that, like, fuzzy quality. But you're right. I kind of like that about older movies sometimes it like lends an air of like nostalgia to it you know one thing that i want to say is that so jim henson you know made the movies and then he um he passed away he passed away pretty young oh wow yeah he passed away in like the uh the early 90s um it was i don't remember off the time ahead but something like with his throat it came on very suddenly and he just he passed away Hmm. so muppets take manhattan was the last like Muppet film that he ever did. Um, and so a lot of people kind of consider this like the trilogy where it's like Muppet movie, great Muppet caper, Muppets take Manhattan as like the trilogy. Um, and a lot of, so, and what's interesting about this one is this one, Jim Henson did not direct. So he directed the first two, but he didn't direct this one. Frank Oz actually directed this one. Frank mm-hmm. Oz is the person who does Miss Piggy. He does Fozzie. And so something that's really fun about this movie is that Jim Henson really just got to act. He just got to be Kermit. He didn't have to worry about all the things that directors have to worry about. So I think that this movie, despite a lot of people saying it's the less, the like the least best out of all three of them, I really like this movie because you get to see Kermit really like go in all these different crazy directions that you don't normally get to see because he's usually the straight man and everyone else around him is like crazy and wacky and everything. So I like this movie because Kermit gets to be so silly and wacky and do all these crazy things. Mm. And I think it's because Jim Henson had the time because he wasn't directing and Frank Oz was, you know, it's funny because a lot of people, when I tell them like, Oh, like, one of my not my favorite but one of my favorite muppet movies is muppets take manhattan they're always like why isn't it the muppet movie why isn't it the first one and that's because this was actually the first one i ever saw Mm. so i mentioned this in the labyrinth episode but like my uncle would go to the library and get me movies and then burn a copy of them so i could watch them all the time and he knew that i loved the muppets and i guess that day he went to the library all they had was muppets take manhattan they didn't have anything else so that's what he brought home to me and this was really the first like glimpse into the muppets that i had it was really this muppets take manhattan and so this movie has always had a very special place in my heart you know also i think because i am an actor 
and I wanted to be on Broadway. And, you know, I, I had that New York dream. I think this also holds a very special place in my heart. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that's why we're talking about this one specifically and not any of the others, even though I did watch them as a child. But this one is the one that I really, you know, like really latch on to and everything. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, something also that I want to say, because you were saying this movie is like very 80s. So even though this movie does not have music by um, Paul Williams, who does a lot of the music for the Muppets, this music is so good. Mm. It's so good. It's so 80s with like the saxophone and everything. I just love the music in this in this movie. And, you know, say what you want about the movie, but you have to acknowledge that the music is so good that years and years later, when they made Muppets Most Wanted, they literally recycled a song from this movie for that movie. So it has to be good, you know? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's timeless. Yeah, it, it just... Yeah. The, the people who make these movies know how to make musicals. You know, they know how to use music and song to further the story, you know, which right. I appreciate. Because there's nothing wrong with... Um, musical numbers not necessarily furthering the plot sometimes you need them for character development you know but what's so great about music and all the muppet movies is that they all have purposes the songs are not just there to take up space they tell us something about the characters or they tell us something about the plot or the overall theme you know mm. okay so the movie is basically about kermit and his friends they are recent college graduates and they have this idea that they're going to take a musical that they wrote and bring it to Broadway and then they'll all become rich and famous and it'll be great. That's right. the basic plot of the movie. And and the whole movie is just about them trying and failing and succeeding to make that dream a reality. Something that's so funny to me is that like <laughs> they're supposed to be like 21, 22. And like I know that it's just like a frog, a bear, a chicken and thing, but like they do not look like college students. No. Like, I don't know what it is about the Muppets because they, they're literally just felt. So, like, they can be any age that we want them to be. But I don't look at them and go, those are college kids. Like, I'm like, these are people in their 30s. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. They, they have that air of, like, being, like, older, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah. But I will say they do have the stupidity of a 21-year-old thinking they can just take a show to Broadway and it'll be over and done with in a snap. <laughs> They'll be on Broadway in a couple months. They um <laughs> they got me with the fake out in the beginning with um the uh the producer guy. Yeah, the scam guy. The scam guy. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is kinda easy. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, you guys want it? You can have it. Blah blah blah. Just three hundred dollars each. Yeah. And I was like, Okay, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought from there, like the movie was gonna be about them trying to like get the money. And then we got that that plot twist. Like, yeah, where right. the police come. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yo. Yeah, like a Bernie Madoff kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. It got me good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I just, I think it's so funny and like so telling that even though they may not look like they're 21, 22, they clearly have the mindset of ones because they think it's going to be that easy. Yeah. <laughs> but that part is so funny because this movie, as well as The Producers by Mel Brooks, taught me a very, very important lesson mm. that I carry through to this day. Hold up, everybody. I'm going to yell. Never put your own money in the show. Really? Never put your own money in the show. Never, ever put your own money in the show. And basically, I take that to mean, like, 
you should never pay for an opportunity when it comes to a job or a career. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, in the movie, the guy's like, give me $300. A real Broadway producer would never ask you for money up front. A real modeling agency would never ask for a down payment. You know, when it comes to jobs, careers, opportunities like that, you should never, ever, ever be asked to put up money. It's not that kind of thing. Obviously, if you're like opening a business, you have to put down money like that's a different story. But like anything where you're discovered or or, you know, you're you're the product or something, you should not have to pay money, you know, right? Never give them your money. They shouldn't ask for it. If they do, it's probably a scam. Never put your own money in the show. <laughs> Did you catch that early, like when you was younger? Or Yeah, yeah. Well, because that's, yeah. I mean, well, this scene is so obviously like he's a scam artist. I mean, the police come and everything. But also, again, I watch producers at a very young age, probably younger than I should have. Mm. And that's like a main lesson. You know, obviously, the person saying it is a bit of a scam artist. And he's not exactly the most upstanding, upright gentleman. But it's still, honestly, a good piece of advice. And also, when I was younger, I they you I don't know if you remember this. You might have been too young. But there was that Barbican, Barbazon thing. It was like a modeling agency. And they'd be at malls. And they'd like, and you could like sign up to go to like a seminar. And then they'd pick you. And you could be in the Barbazon modeling agency. It was all a scam. Mm. It was all a scam. You know, like... I don't want to say that like nobody got a good experience out of that because I don't know. But it was like, yeah, you have to pay to do this. And it was like, yeah, that's a scam. Because mm. a real modeling agency, if you're talented enough, if they like you enough, will not ask you to pay. You know? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, Something that I want to I want to say really quick is so the show that Kermit writes is literally the movie that we're watching. It's right. these two kids going to New York. Uh, to live their dreams. But it's it's about these two kids who go to New York to get married. And honestly, like, I just think that's kind of sweet. Like, he wrote the musical about him and Miss Piggy. Like, oh, that's that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. You know, people, it's kind of like a running, um, like, gag in the fandom. Not a gag, I would say. But it's like a running thing in the fandom that, like, Kermit and Miss Piggy are not the best relationship. And they're not. But, like... It's just at times like this, it's just like, oh, they really do love each other. They really do care about each other. Like if we follow the train of thought that the Muppets wrote this movie and they're acting and starring in this movie, the Muppets wrote the Muppets Take Manhattan. Mm. Why would Kermit write that if he didn't actually care about Miss Piggy? You know, like Mm. I just, oh, that's sweet. Um, Also, I love Gonzo. I love Gonzo with all my heart. He is my favorite Muppet. I want to marry a man like Gonzo. (laughs) Even including the chainsaws and the and the William Tell overture, like including all of that. <laughs> Even with the chickens. Even with the chickens, I want to marry man like Gonzo. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. So they go to that guy. It turns out it's a scam, and they're kind of really despondent, and they they their dream that they thought would be so easy is not. Um, Miss Piggy looks so good in this movie. Like Miss Piggy always looks good. But she just pulls off the 80s look so well. Mm. I love it, man. I love it. The hair. Yeah, the hair and the clothing. It's so great. Um, <laughs> also, I just love that like when they get to New York, their like hotel is like the lockers at the train yeah. station. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the lockers in the airport? Or no, like, it's a train station. In the train station. Like, okay, like yeah. a bus depot train station kind okay. of thing. That's the kind of vibe that I got. Um, 
So anyway, they go to, they're like kind of despondent, but they need to eat. So they go to Pete's Luncheonette, which is like a kind of coffee shop, little like deli counter thing. And one thing that I just love is like, so Rizzo the rat is a waiter. This was actually the first appearance of Rizzo. So that's really cool. Mm. And he's the waiter. And I love that all the people in the restaurant are just like, whatever, he's a rat. Like, that's New Yorkers for you. They don't care. Right. <laughs> They're like, whatever, he's a rat. <laughs> um, and <laughs> Rizzo is just so funny because, you know, he gets insulted and he goes on and on about how he has to feed his kids. He has to take care of his family. <laughs> And Fozzie's like, it's okay. We don't have any money either. And he's like, not my table. Bye. <laughs> it was all an act. He's so New York. He's mm. so New York. I just love it. And um, yeah, so basically at this point, um, the gang is basically saying they've been trying for months to put this show on Broadway. They, they've been trying since they graduated, which I assume was probably in like late May. And now it's like September or whatever. So they've been trying for months and they have that whole montage of all the doors slamming, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so they're like, I think we should all separate. I think we should all go our separate ways because obviously this isn't working and we need to make money. We need to start our lives. And, you know, which is which is a fair idea. I mean, I don't necessarily blame them for not sticking around, um, but it's sad. And Kermit is is at the counter and he's talking to the guy who owns the restaurant, Pete. And he's kind of explaining that he's down and, you know, his dreams aren't happening. And we have what I think is one of the greatest speeches I've ever heard. The people's is people's speech. Mm-hmm. And Pete basically, I'm not going to quote it because I don't know it off the top of my head. But he basically says, like, people's is people's. You know, his buildings, his life, his tomatoes, his potatoes, his people. And the point of the joke is that Kermit doesn't understand what he's talking about. The point of the joke is that Pete is kind of spouting nonsense. But I actually think that there's something really wise in that speech. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I think what Pete was trying to say is that, you know, all this stuff all the buildings, all the jobs, all the the hardships, that's just stuff. What matters is people. Peoples is peoples. They're going to keep living. They're going to keep dying. They're going to keep working. They're going to keep loving. And that's what you have to put your stock in. You have to put your stock in the fact that people will be people. They're going to keep living their lives no matter what. Throughout hardship, throughout success, you're going to keep going. And you should keep going, Mm. you know, and, and... People will surprise you and people will not surprise you. People will disappoint you and people will make you happy. So I think his his what he was trying to say is that you shouldn't necessarily give up. You should keep trying because everybody's trying. Everybody's just trying to live their lives and be a person in the world, you know, and one day you'll find someone who helps you. Maybe the next you'll find someone who hurts you. But people's is people's. That's a good explanation because I was I was completely lost. That's the kind of the point you're supposed right. to be. But I just I I've always really liked that idea, that speech, that just you know people are gonna keep living. Mm. You know, I don't know. Yeah, that is a good message. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. So basically, the gang splits up. Um. I always cry <laughs> during the scene. Yeah, when they're singing, it's so sad. Aww. You know, I mean. 
they can write songs, man. I tell you, like it, it hits your heartstrings right there. Um, we have some fun, uh, uh, sight gags with uh, Scooter riding the bicycle. You know, um, this movie. Something that I will say: the hands-free puppeteering in this movie is phenomenal. It's so good. Mm-hmm. The the hands-free puppeteering, the bicycles, the um, the scene later on when all the rats are in the kitchen and they're cooking. Like, it's just really, really phenomenal puppeteering at work. Um, and it, it falls under this idea that I saw on Twitter. It's called like Henson's Law. Which is CGI ages. In 10 years, what CGI looks like now is going to look bad in 10 years. But cool puppets will always be cool puppets. You know? Mm. And it's true. I feel like when you really have amazing practical effects, not only do people appreciate that. Not to say that like CGI artists aren't working hard or that they aren't talented. Because they are. I'm not saying that. But the way the technology goes... I think it's very easy for CGI to look bad very recently in the future, you know, but practical effects will always look cool if they're done right, you know? I, I definitely get that. Um, I, I think that in the same vein with when it comes to animation, mm-hmm. this is something different about hand-drawn animation than uh, what we see today, which is basically everything is done uh, on computer with, you know, Click that, click there. Yeah. And uh, some of them try to do kind of like hand-drawn on on the computer. Yeah. Um, To kind of give it that same feel, but it, it just doesn't hit the same. And about CGI, as soon as you said that, I thought about The Incredibles. Mm. Because you see Incredibles too. Yeah. Like, it looks great. And then you go back to the old, um, the original Incredibles, Incredibles 1. Yeah. Still a great movie. Oh, yeah. But... You, it's rough. Ooh. It's rough. <laughs> Especially what, what's his face? Um, Violet's uh, love interest. Yeah, yeah. Man, Tony. did he get a facelift? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he really movie. did. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, that de- definitely would. Um, I I I agree with the Henson's law that practical, practical effects stuff, will always look really, it, really yeah, cool. It will, you know, and again, that's not me saying that like people who do computer generated artwork aren't talented or hardworking. It's just the nature of the industry, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically all of his friends leave, but Kermit, he is determined. He is staying in New York. He's going to put his show on Broadway. He's going to do it. And you got to love that. You got to love Kermit's determination. Yeah. You know, because stronger people than him have cracked, you know, under that kind of disappointment and despair and failure. So you got to admire him. Um, and he basically gets a job at Pete's to kind of keep himself afloat while he's, you know, pushing his show. He meets Jenny, Pete's daughter, who is literally the cutest, sweetest girl ever. <laughs> She's so, like, sweet and helpful and kind. And I just love her. I love her so much. Um, something that <laughs> I want to just say, this movie has better diversity than, like, half the movies that come out now. Mm. You know, this movie was made in, what, like, 1984? And this movie has better diversity and a better understanding of what real New York looks like than half of the movies made today about New York. Mm. Like, there are so many people of color in this movie. They show all different kinds of people from all different kinds of backgrounds. They show different levels of, like, the socioeconomic sphere. Like, this movie shows, like, this is what New York looks like. And it's amazing that the Muppets were able to do that, but yet some big blockbuster can't. 
Because people are out of touch. Yeah, I just, you know, like, yeah, I just, I love, like, this movie, I think, shows a better picture of what New York is than half the movies today do. Like, with the guy with the, uh, with the roller skates. Yeah, well, that's Gregory Hines. That that was a cameo. Who that? Gregory Hines, he's, like, a famous actor. He's he's a famous actor. Mm. Famous actor, comedian, yeah. I thought, I don't know, there's something about his portrayal. Yeah. It just made so much sense to me. Yeah. About just like, that is New York. He yeah. was just like, you know what? Keep the skates. You know, I just like jogging and like <laughs> yeah. in shorts and yeah. everything. I was like, why does, why does this <laughs> make so much sense? Yeah. It, it comes out so, so um natural. Yeah. So genuine. So genuine. Yeah. Basically anybody who has a speaking role in this movie, if they're not like Peter Jenny or whatever, or like uh, Ronnie, when we later meet him. Um, they're like a cameo guest star. Okay. Yeah. Like Joan what, Rivers. So. Yeah, like Joan Rivers and stuff. Um, there's more, obviously, but um, yeah, something that's like a kind of staple of Muppet movies is the cameo guest stars. Mm. Um, so there's there's quite a few in this movie that are great. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so basically, Kermit has this like three part plan to get his show on Broadway, mm. <laughs> and the first thing he does is he pretends. To be this like hotshot Hollywood guy going in and like giving his uh, play to someone and then like running out in the hopes that they'll keep it and they throw it right in the trash. <laughs> Buffo Lenny, Sucko Lenny, love you, kid. <laughs> the lingo, I love yeah, it. It's so funny. It was like, love the office, never change it. Yeah. Love I hair. love your hair, don't change a thing. <laughs> but that was like 1984, I mean, yeah. you know. And then, uh, <laughs> let's do lunch yeah let's do lunch and uh and and turns out that miss piggy did not leave new york mm-hmm. i don't know where she went on the train i don't know i guess she went on the train and came right back i don't know but she actually didn't leave new york and she's kind of been spying on him and isn't it sad that even a pig cannot escape catcalling mm. like like that <laughs> That, like, hurt me in my soul. I was like, not to say that Miss Piggy isn't attractive or, like, desirable, because she is. She'd tell you so herself. But <laughs> but she's like a pig, and even she can't escape catcalling. Mm. If if they're wearing a dress, they will catcall you. No matter what. No matter what. It's terrible. It's terrible. But then she scares them because she literally bends a pole in half and starts beating up a, a metal trash can. So, you know. <laughs> I like how that one guy... He just turned around and just starts touching the pole. Like, he's not even doing anything. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, just like okay. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So she, so she was staying in New York, and she works at a like a Macy's counter type of place. The scene with her and Joan Rivers is actually so adorable. Mm-hmm. I love it. It really doesn't do anything like to further the plot. It's just like a cute little scene. Yeah, but I love it. I always loved that scene. I thought it was so like sweet and wholesome, and like oh, they're just helping each other out and being silly and having fun. Like she lost her job, but who cares? They're laughing. Like, yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> I really, I really like that moment. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So. Uh, Kermit works at Pete's with the rats and they have this whole scene where they're making breakfast. And like I said, the hands-free puppeteering is amazing. Like just the, the fluidity of their movements when there's not a visible, not that there ever is a visible hand, but like when there isn't an obvious like place where a hand could go, um, is just so like great. And it really does speak to the expertise and the care that the Jim Henson company and all of the puppeteers have for their art, you know? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, like when he's skating on the butter, on the grill, when they're pouring the batter, like it's just so fun to watch. It really is so fun to watch. When he was skating on the butter, I was like, you're definitely going to get burned. And then yeah, we see him. Yeah, his feet got burned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, again, I just love that like one of the customers were like, hey, Pete, where are the rats? As if they're his favorite waiters. Right. <laughs> and he's like, oh, people don't like them uh, being the waiter. So I put them in the kitchen. <laughs> Now they're cooking your yeah. food. <laughs> Even better. I was like, no one cares. That's New York. New Yorkers do not care. Oh, a rat's cooking my food. It's better than what I've had yesterday. Like, See, what I thought was interesting about that is that they didn't care. Like, mm. people didn't yeah. care. Like, people who are just people. We didn't see... It was, it was really, I guess, you could... What, they were considered elites at the fancy smashy... Oh, at Sardi's? Restaurant, yeah. It wasn't until, like, the high class or, like... Oh, people. Yeah. That's when I started caring about the rats. Yeah. Which I I thought, I thought was really, um, it was really interesting to see that contrast. Well, yeah. I mean, when you think about the type of people that would be eating at Pete's, not to say that it's like a gross, disgusting restaurant, but it's definitely like a lower class, chiller kind Mm -hmm. of place. Like people go there for like lunch when they're in between, you know, when they're they're on their lunch hour, they go there in between jobs or it's just a place to get a quick cup of coffee or something, you know, like that's like the 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 like the heart of new york you know mm-hmm. those kind of people that go to pete's <laughs> so then the next part of kermit's plan is a whisper campaign which is a real thing that's a real thing that like executives and and things and like um pr people do and so he goes to sardi's and the thing that's so funny that i didn't know until i actually like went to the city once um is that sardi's is not that exclusive like it's a fancy restaurant sure um, and during like, you know, very busy hours, like the lunch hour or the dinner hour, it is better to have a reservation, but like anyone can eat at Sardi's. Hmm. You don't have to be like famous or rich to eat at Sardi's. You can just eat there. Like it's just a restaurant. <laughs> I kind of got that impression when, um, when Kermit walked in, he was like, my sister made a reservation and they just let him in. I was like, yeah, like. If this was, like, so high class, I feel like it would have been harder. Yeah, no, it's, to... it's like, yeah, definitely, I think, for, like, the busier times, it might pay to have a reservation. But it's just a restaurant in the city. Like, it's just... <laughs> um, the, um, all the uh, pictures of famous, that's a real thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The Real Sardis in New York City has pictures of famous Broadway actors, film actors, stuff like that. Um, Kermit's picture is actually in Sardis. That that is exactly that. It's not there. It's um by a stairwell. But yeah, it's there. <laughs> so who who was the person that he took down? That who? was Liza Minnelli. Liza Minnelli. She who? is a famous Broadway and film actor. She's the daughter of Judy Garland. Okay. She was in Cabaret. Because when they showed her picture, I was like, she's someone important, but I yeah. just, I don't know who yeah. she is. People know who she is. Okay. <laughs> He basically sends all the rats and they basically start talking about Manhattan Melodies, which is the show. And it seems like it's working. Mm. And then one of the rats gets hungry and pops up and then everybody starts screaming. <laughs> the, there was one, um, I guess, I guess she was an extra. Yeah. She was in a blue dress and she just starts smacking them with her purse. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so for me, I th- for me, the Whisper campaign actually worked because how else did um the producer's son hear about Manhattan Melodies. Oh no, he knew about it earlier. In the in the montage when they're like getting all the doors slammed in their face, when he goes to that guy's office, you can see Ronnie in the background. Oh, with, when the woman took 
Was it, was it that I don't one? remember which one it was, but there's one where they're singing in front of a door and you see an old man and then you see like Ronnie like peek his head oh, around. Wow. Yeah, he knew about it from the beginning, basically. Okay, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, he was there since the beginning, basically. Um, fun fact, the Ronnie's father is Art Carney, who is famous for The Honeymooners, which is a show that I watch with my dad a lot and has a lot of feelings. I have a lot of feelings about The Honeymooners. Oh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, so that plan doesn't work. They get kicked out on their butt, and, you know, Kermit's feeling kind of down, so he and Jenny go jogging, which, is there anything more 80s than jogging? <laughs> ugh, 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 <laughs> jogging. Uh, so they go jogging, and Miss Piggy, while she's following them, gets her purse stolen, puts on a pair of roller skates, and, like, chases this guy down. <laughs> and, like manages to get her purse back which is fine there's nothing in it like yeah. it's it's the thing that's so funny to me is so he opens her purse and there's like a, a hair dryer in them and a hair dryer in it and i couldn't help but think of that clip from brooklyn 99 where andy sandberg's character asks um oh what's that actress's name melissa fumero like, oh, give me your hair dryer. And she's like, what? I don't have a hair dryer. And he's like, you don't have a hair dryer in your purse? <laughs> and she's like, no, why would I? And then it, later on in the episode, we see uh, Andy Samberg's character's friend, like Gina. They've been friends since they were little. And she pulls a hair dryer out of her purse. And she's like, yeah, I'm not an animal. Of course I have a hair dryer in my purse. <laughs> so I don't know what that says. You don't think that was like a reference to this? Sorry. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. But also, I think it's just meant to be funny and ridiculous because, like, who would really carry her trailer for? Miss mm. Piggy would, and so would Gina. Uh, she has, like, a a, a, um, a saw in her back. <laughs> that, that, that was a red flag. Yeah. And just the guy's reaction. Like, and then she comes up from up top. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And I love that she's like, that's no way to treat a lady. And she's, like, yelling and everything. And then she like switches it when everyone is helping her. She's like, "Oh, thank you, yeah, thank you." Gotta love Miss Piggy. She yeah. she really, I think, toes the line of feminine and not feminine really well. Mm. <laughs> um, and yeah, so so she sees Kermit, he sees her, and they basically start fighting because she thinks that he's like kind of getting romantic with Jenny, and he's like, "I'm not. We're just friends." I mean, it was kind of. A little romantic. Well, I guess if you didn't know, mm. it would look romantic. I don't think it was ever romantic. My whole thing was just... Uh, you, you think the Huggies were, were real? Who hugs their friends that much? Uh, I do. I hug my friends all the time. Well, not now, but like, I hug my friends all the time. A different gender? Um. Exactly. Well, I mean, when I see my friend Terrence, because um, he's kind of... I mean, besides, like, you, I don't really have a lot of male friends that I'm, like, super, super close to. Um, I always hug him. I hug him when I say goodbye, you know. Hmm. No, no, okay, no, that's different. You hug to greet, you hug to say goodbye. Yeah. That's different. But they were just hugging just to hug most of the so, times. So, people hug. No, not people just hug friends. Girl. Not just friends. Not like that. Not like that. I don't think, <laughs> okay, so then fine. I don't think that Jenny ever had romantic feelings mm. i think kermit might have mm. because he's like oh i'm a college guy and like i'm so worldly and experienced and she's looking you know to me for guidance i think maybe kermit did mm. because jenny's very pretty um 
But I don't know if she ever had romantic feelings for him. Probably not. But still. Yeah. I, I, was, I was with Miss Piggy. You were with Miss Piggy? It was too much affection. Yeah. Just, just, for, just for being friends. <laughs> and he, he kisses friends her Friends do not cheek. spy. No. No. They do if you're over here <laughs> acting. No, that was too. I'm, I'm telling you, it was too much. Like maybe a hug here and there, but they were hugging all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm feeling down. Let's hug. <laughs> we're at the park. Let's hug. We're um we're on break. Let's hug. Aww. Like no, no, you can't. You can't tell me otherwise. You cannot. Don't watch the TV show The Muppets because that's gonna be that's gonna cement your idea. Yeah. Because in The Muppets, one of the main like kind of conflicts is that Kermit and Miss Piggy break up and he kind of immediately finds a new girlfriend and she is still single. Miss Piggy's still single? Yeah. Kermit like immediately finds a girlfriend. A two time and frog. <laughs> it's just a movie. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think not. There's, there's conspiracy going on here. Anyway, <laughs> the thing that I wanted to mention though about the fight is that it's like that's the other thing that kind of reminds me that they're supposed to be like 21, 22 because the fight is so immature because <laughs> they're just yelling and screaming at each other. Mm-hmm. Ah, 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 ah. They just because I care about you. Then why would you say it? I just did it. Yeah, that's like a very like you know young adult kind of fight. Yeah. Um, but basically Kermit is like, I don't like Jenny. I like you. I'm happy that you're here. And they go on like a little romantic horse-drawn carriage ride. And Piggy basically says, like, oh, I wish that we'd met sooner. I wish that we'd met when we were babies. And it goes into this little, like, fantasy musical number with the Muppets as babies, which is where the Muppet babies came from. That's where the TV show got the idea. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It started from that. Because people, when they saw this movie, loved that part so much that they were like, we want to see more of this. They're so cute. So that's where the TV show came from. Um. Yeah, and it's and it's really really sweet. It's a really cute little scene. The puppets are adorable. I love the little baby puppets. <laughs> they were, um that baby scene. You mentioned it saying that people saw it and they loved it. It's like we want more. Yeah, really ahead of its time because after that, I I could think of countless of franchises that like did the whole baby thing. Yeah, like um remember Baby Looney Tunes? Yeah, yeah. Um. Right now on Cartoon Even Network. Even just like Tiny Toon Adventures. Tiny Toons. Even though that isn't like Bugs Bunny as a kid, it's still like a kid version of right. them. Yeah. It's all cutesy and everything. Yeah. Um, Cartoon Network has a show called Rebear Bears. Mm. They were adults and now they have a spinoff where they're babies. Oh, yeah. It's like a really popular thing. A, yeah. And people, is, it always generates something. Yeah. People like baby versions of their favorite characters. Yeah, they I do. Mean, and you can thank the Muppet Babies for that because they were really, like you said, the first ones to really kind of start that idea, you know. Mm-hmm. So while all this is happening, Kermit is getting postcards from his friends about what they're doing. And the letters that they write him kind of make it seem like they're doing really, really cool stuff. But they're all kind of doing like mediocre jobs. Um, you know, like Fozzie is literally just like hibernating for the winter. Um <laughs> Uh, Scooter is working in a movie house, like handing out 3D glasses. Um, Rolf is working at a dog, like kennel. Fun fact, two of the dogs, their names are Jim and Frank, like Jim Henson, Frank Oz. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Gonzo is working at like an aquacade, you know. <laughs> hmm. 
my favorite thing is when he's doing that and the guy like the guys watching are just like that doesn't sound like tony bennett like <laughs> i have all the, of all the of things that. to point out yeah you know um the electric mayhem is like playing in a polka band you know like they all like are basically lying to make him feel better but it's clear that they miss him and they want to come back but they just need something like to really like make them give them a reason to mm-hmm. um and so Kermit is is working and he gets a letter from um, Bernard Crawford, who's a famous Broadway producer, saying that he wants to put the show on Broadway. And when he gets there, it's not Bernard Crawford, but his son, Ronnie, um, played by Lonnie Price, who's like now he's like a famous actor. He was kind of like a little unknown then. Um, and he's like, I want to do it. My dad said I could put a show on Broadway. I want to put your show on Broadway. It's going to be great. It's like so new and original and innovative. Which like aw, when when Bernard was in um not Bernard when his son was introduced, I was a little wary at first because of the first yeah scam artist and it's just the way he looked at the door. He was all like, yeah, I I I'm Mr. Crawford. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm not a scam artist. <laughs> but then we see what happened. Is he gay? I don't think so. I don't no? think I think that's just I never got that impression. No, not not that I got the impression that he was gay, but it's just a, a lot of um. His dad's slight remarks, like when he went to him and said, I got great news. And yeah. the dad was just like, if you tell me that you guys are together, I want no part of it. I was like. I think that had more to do with the fact that Kermit was a frog than Kermit was a guy. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I never got that impression. In fact, I kind of got the impression that him and Jenny were kind of supposed to end up like romantically together. Because um, they, they hold hands a lot. If you want to talk about stuff they hold hands a lot um i didn't notice yeah they do hold hands a lot um but i mean if that's your interpretation that's fine no i didn't think it was just yeah. the, the no i think it, i think it has more to do with the fact that kermit's a frog than kermit's a guy <laughs> um yeah so ronnie says we're gonna put your show on broadway kermit's so ecstatic and then as if you didn't think he suffered enough he gets hit by a car Ooh. and ends up with amnesia in the hospital I saw this coming. As oh, you soon, did? As soon as he hung up the phone, it's like, I'll be there in 10 minutes. And he started singing um, the song from, yeah. from the musical. I was like, he's about to get hit by a car and oh. he's going to get amnesia. <laughs> I, just, I just saw it coming. You just knew he was going to get amnesia? I knew, yeah. How funny. I don't know. It's just, it, I, I don't know if, like, if it's been done a few times already, but I just saw the trope coming. I was like, he's going to get amnesia. Then they have to go looking for him. Um, it it's was, all happening too easy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was like, there, there has to be some type, there has to be another conflict yeah. because like we still got, what, 30 minutes left yeah. of the film? <laughs> yeah. Um, I will say though, even though I did saw it coming, I still enjoyed what they did with it. Yeah. Like I, uh, him going to a marketing firm. Yeah. And all that. Yeah. And, and how like his voice was less whimsical and just more like straightforward, a frog. Well, I'm, I'm not feeling myself, doctor. Like, yeah. I, I was like, okay, this is good. <laughs> I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. I think that the way that they handled the trope, because like you said, I think it is kind of like people have seen it before. Um, they handle it really well and they do it in like a fun way. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, I have to say, I don't know how professional his doctor was. She's like, mm. she's like, all she she goes off of is the fact that he had no identification. He didn't have any clothes. She doesn't like give any thought to the fact that he's a frog. He's a literal talking frog. And she doesn't even think... To maybe kind of look into that more. Because <laughs> I would imagine that like Jenny or Pete or whatever made a missing persons 
you know, if it's been over 24 hours, and I imagine there aren't a lot of missing frogs. So <laughs> Right. I love when she tells him who she thinks he is. He's like, well, I don't feel Italian. And she just gives up. She was like, well, it was worth a shot. Yeah, she's like, well, that's all I'm going to do. So um, how about you just get up, get yourself out there, find a job, and yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. Was um was the doctor supposed to be a cameo? Was yeah, she that was Linda Lavin. Linda. She's a she's a very um well known like Broadway actress. She's done like TV and stuff as well. Okay. She would definitely be known when the movie came out. Like I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect you to necessarily know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but like people in the eighties would know who that is. You okay. know. Um, she's like she's really she's she's been in a lot of really good Broadway shows. Um, yeah. And then, so, so he's missing, everybody's freaking out, and Ronnie comes by and he says, well, you only have two weeks to put on the show. And, like, look, I know it's for plot convenience, I know it's because it's a movie, but that would never, ever, ever happen. No show could ever be put on in two weeks. Like, just the, the setting up the theater alone would take two weeks. Mm -hmm. Like, the amount of time that it takes to get everything squared away with the publicity, get everything squared away with the sets and the costumes and the lighting and the, you know, the rehearsals, like it would not take two weeks. That's literally impossible, especially for a show like Manhattan Melodies, maybe for like a one or two person play with minimal sets and minimal lighting. Sure, that you could maybe do in two weeks, but like. For a full stage Broadway musical, no, there is no way. I just took that as like Mr. Crawford had money, money. I was like, okay. I mean, he does. He definitely does. But also, it, it's it's for plot convenience. You know, like we gotta we gotta rush. We got thirty minutes left in the movie. You know, <laughs> um, it it amps up the pressure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like I can I can live with it because it's a movie, and I know that that's the way it has to be. But like that would never ever. <laughs> Yeah, so he basically goes off Kermit to kind of start a new life. He ends up at this, he ends up at Madison Avenue, which is crazy. Um, This is a little side uh, thing. I think they should do a Muppet version of Mad Men. I think that would be really, really cool. Mm. I want to see that. Let's do it. Let's, you and me, Gerlin, let's produce our own TV show that's literally Mad Men, but it's with the Muppets. Let's do it. I, I think uh, we'll probably get into some copyright trouble. I think so, too. If <laughs> we did that. Um, but yeah, he, he ends up at a advertising agency, uh, working with a bunch of other frogs and he helps them out because they're like, we need a new slogan. And he's like, ocean breeze soap will get you clean. And they're like, say what the product does. No one's ever done that. What I like about this scene, what, like what, what I really got a kick out of it. I have a degree in, um, marketing, an associate's degree in marketing. Right. So, as they're, like, saying all the different slogans that they came up with, I was literally thinking the same as Kermit. I was like, no, that one is too bland. That one is too wordy. And then when Kermit said, it makes you clean, I was like, genius. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm watching the movie. I'm like, genius, yes. Because it's it's true. Like, we're, we're marketing. This, what, what this film does, it inintentionally gives the audience, like, you know, inside look into what goes on behind the scenes when it comes to promoting something mm. or pushing something. Because, like, I, I wasn't aware that the whispering campaign was a thing. Yeah. But when they did it, I was like, that that's really smart. Like, I don't know if people could do it today. Um, I mean, 
I mean, I guess they could. Social media, I think, would make it a little bit more difficult, mm. but they could probably still do it. I thought that was cool. And then the way um, they showed them coming up with the slogan for the soap, mm-hmm. I was like, this this makes sense. And even even the tiny details of how uh, they were marketing, they were pushing, advertising um, Manhattan Melodies. So, like you see the stuff on the taxis and uh, there's just all, all, the, all the newspapers. All the newspapers. Stuff, yeah. I was, I was just like this. This shows like a really nice, like it's not totally in depth, but it yeah. shows like a nice glimpse of like what goes on behind the scenes to make For something. Marketing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I didn't even think about that, but mm. that, but that is right. Like you get a little like, oh, so this is what they do up in those fancy offices on Madison Avenue. You know, <laughs> um, I just love that. No one's ever done that before. <laughs> but like, I think that that actually, like, besides being a joke, I think that's actually really true. I feel like when like products basically are honest about what they do i think people are more likely to buy them yeah you know because you know when it comes to things that i buy if i know that it works that's why i buy it i don't necessarily buy it because it has the best like jingle or the best commercial or anything like i buy it because i want it to do its job and so i think when companies um do that i think that's when they really succeed because I feel like, I mean, I don't know 100%, but I feel like marketing has really changed a lot. Um, because like like I said in Mad Men, the idea of what you wanted marketing to do was basically to make the consumer want a certain type of lifestyle. And your job as the marketing exec was to say, with this product, your life will look like this. And that's how marketing was for a really, 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 really long time. And I feel like we're maybe kind of stepping away from that into, oh. I think, more transparency and more honesty because I think people just don't buy that anymore. Yeah. They don't say, oh, well, if I buy Tide laundry detergent, my life will be perfect. No one believes that anymore. They just want to be like, oh, it takes out the stains and it's affordable. Great. You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like marketing has definitely overgone a shift. So it's it's interesting. Mm. Um. So yeah, so everyone's looking for Kermit. Um, there's a cameo by the then current mayor of New York, Ed Koch. <laughs> um, uh, you know, so that's fun. Uh, <laughs> and basically it's like opening night and they haven't found Kermit and everybody's sad. And Kermit goes to Pete's and he starts subconsciously playing the song from Manhattan Melodies on the water glasses. And everybody realizes that it's Kermit and they basically kidnap him. <laughs> And take him to the theater and uh, they try to like snap him out of it. And something that that I actually really, really like um, is so so they're all trying these different things to get Kermit to realize who he is. And Miss Piggy's like, no, listen, you're Kermit the Frog. You love me. We're going to get married. We're doing this together. Like, we're you know, and he's like, love you. I don't love you. And he starts making all these like kind of mean jokes. And something that I hadn't noticed before, but I I did this time because I was like really paying attention, was behind them, like Gonzo, Rolf, and Fozzie are like really taken aback. Like they're like shocked that Kermit is saying all these things. Like you can definitely tell that like they are not okay with what he's saying and they're like shocked about it. And I was like, good for them. Good for them. Like standing, not standing up for, but like being appalled because he's like being so mean to Miss Piggy. Um, and he's saying all these, like, I guess, speciest things. <laughs> yeah, it was 
Those yeah. were mean. What he said, it was, it was mean. It was terrible. It was, um, I mean, it was funny, but it was also mean. <laughs> like, oh, you gonna bring home the bacon? Or? Yeah. The sounds of love, Suey. Oh, that that that, was... that one got me. That one hurt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, but I so I I kind of liked that in the background you can see like everyone like oh my god like oh my god, and then. <laughs> Miss Piggy literally like karate chops him and he gets his memory back. <laughs> Just to cancel the show. Yeah. <laughs> Hulu, that was all he needed. Um, I mean, I had a feeling something was like he was going to get struck again. Yeah. But I just didn't think it would be. <laughs> it yeah, would it would be that. Be that. Um, so basically he remembers everything and they're like, well, the show's tonight, which is a real fear. Like, <laughs> every actor i think has this fear um that like it, it's a very common like nightmare among actors where you dream that you walk on stage and you have to do a performance but you don't know any of the lines and you don't know what play you're doing mm. there's actually a legitimate play about that fear um christopher durang wrote it um but like so the fact that they're all like and kermit guess what it's opening night and you're the star go do your show terrifies me <laughs> It's really scary. That's a really scary thought. I mean, luckily, Kermit knows the show, so it's not like he doesn't. But, like, that's really scary if I suddenly realize that, like, the past two weeks of my life were all, like, a haze because I had amnesia and suddenly I have to be on stage and perform. Terrifying. Terrifying. Mm. Um, and, and basically, Kermit is like, I can't do the show. Something's missing. Something's missing. It's been missing the entire time. And he realizes that the thing that's missing is people, like people in the show, you know? And so he invites all of their friends to come and be in the Broadway show with them, which is amazing that everyone just knows their paths, knows right. their tracks. No one bumps into anybody else. They just know what they're doing. <laughs> Haven't had one rehearsal. They just know. <laughs> that's amazing. Honestly. Um, yeah. So they put on the show and... It's very, like, cutesy and adorable. I just want to say, like, I don't think Manhattan Melodies is a good Broadway show. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, granted, they don't tell us a lot about the show. We just kind of know the basic plot and we see the two, like, scenes that they show us. But, like, it doesn't seem like it's that good of a show. Just saying. Just putting it out there. I thought it was pretty good. I don't know. I, I mean, don't, I, I just don't know Broadway. what the plot is. Like, mm. Kermit's like, it's about these two kids who go to the city and get married. And I'm like, and? <laughs> oh, that, okay, yeah. And then what else happens? <laughs> is the marriage the end or is it the beginning? <laughs> That's true. I mean, for the movie, they obviously could not put on a whole Broadway show within the movie. They had to just be like, and here's the show. But, you know, I just, I want to know what else the show is about. I'd be really interested. The only things that bothered me about it was... The the wedding scene, yeah, just four walls. I know, I know. <laughs> what happened to the audience? Like, yeah, kind of just this. It's kind of like, and now we're in a real chapel. Yeah. <laughs> um, something that I just wanted to point out, like, look at them, look at them breaking tradition and walking down the aisle together. Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, Miss Piggy's wedding dress looks like my mother's wedding dress. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I mean, it was the 80s. My mom got married in 1991. So the style was the big sleeves and the and the mock neck and everything. And okay. <laughs> um, so, so yeah. So basically, in the Broadway show, Kermit and Miss Piggy's characters get married, right? 
So when they get up to the the priest, it's not Gonzo, but a real priest. And uh, so, again, there's this like running kind of joke within the Muppets, like not even just on the Internet, but within the Muppets, like Kermit and Miss Piggy, when they do like interviews, they talk about this where Miss Piggy's like, oh, we're really married. That was a real priest. And we are really married. And Kermit's like, we're not really married. Like, yeah, it was a real priest. But like, I, we're not married. So like, nobody knows if Miss Piggy and Kermit are actually married. But this is what started it? This is what started it. The fact mm. that it's like a real priest. I mean, like a real priest in the movie. Like, mm. not like necessarily. Um, <laughs> um, it's fun that there's like the the Sesame Street Muppets are there. They're yeah. in the background. That's always fun. Um, yeah. And then the movie ends. The movie ends with a wedding. You know, what better way could anything end? Hand like in that. hand with a friend. You know. Um, and that's it. That's the movie. Um, yeah. <laughs> I I enjoyed it overall. Yeah. The, um, the ending did throw me off a little because like, so are we not? Because it just ended there with the wedding, not like, oh, let's take a bow. Yeah, the yeah. Loved it. But, yeah. You know, no matter. Yeah. It, again, that's kind of why people are like, well, are they actually married? Um, you know. Yeah, I think that, you know, if I had a say you know me and my infinite wisdom had a say i might have said to like end the movie with like you said like taking a bow like reminding everybody that it's about their show um but overall i love this movie and i always will and you know it, the music is great the i think direction is really fun and great um it's such a it's such a fun movie to watch all of the puppeteering is amazing you know mm-hmm I'm glad that you liked it. I really, really am glad that you liked it. I, um, in the beginning, I thought it was kind of funny that people just ignored the woman being chased by. Yeah. <laughs> well, Animal does that all the time. Just chase after women? Yeah. Animal <laughs> likes women. All right. Um, but, but I do want to say Animal is not a monster. He's just an animal. You know, he's he's not going to like, he, he may chase the women, but he, he never like, hurts them or anything like that you know yeah he he he's he's a gentleman at the end of the day <laughs> you know <laughs> i got you um who was your who is your favorite in the movie um it was it was um for me it was like a tie between uh fozzy right fozzy and i never got the well not yeah i, I don't think i caught the name of the Muppet. Um, he's green, has the big hat. Oh, Dr. Teeth? Dr. Teeth, I think so. Yeah, the one who plays the piano. Mm, and he sung the song, um, No One Don't yeah, Take yeah. No for an Answer. That's Dr. Teeth. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, Dr. Teeth is fun. He's uh that's one of Jim Henson's. Mm. Yeah. Dr. Teeth is fun. I like Dr. Teeth. Um as you know, my favorite is Gonzo. I love Gonzo. My favorite part <laughs> is like when after the the scam artist like attacks him and Camilla um and Gonza's like she needs mouth to beak resuscitation and then they're like how is she how's Camilla and he's like she's fine I think we're engaged <laughs> like I love that hilarious Gonzo and Camilla their relationship goals let me tell you mm. um yeah um I also really like Rolf um everybody likes Rolf the dog um you know yeah he was nice yeah uh, this movie carries on the tradition of Janice saying very inappropriate things when the crowd stops talking. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't care how artistic it is. I'm not taking my clothes. Like, because she does that in the other ones mm. that are in this like trilogy. She does it in the movie and Muppet Caper too. It's very funny. Um, <laughs> in the other movies, do, does it show them being in college or it was just for this? No, the idea is the idea is that the Muppets are making these movies. So the Muppet movie literally says like this is a movie about how we met approximately it's like a slightly dramatic dramatization of how the muppets met the second movie is literally just a story and the muppets are the actors like that's the kind of idea that you're supposed to have Mm -hmm. you know like same with this one like kermit the frog is starring as kermit the frog in this movie like Mm -hmm. that's the idea you know gotcha um so they're all just stories you know um yeah, the Muppet movie is supposed to be like the story of how the Muppets all met and how they became who they are, um, you know, approximately. Um, but yeah, this one is just a movie. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so thank you everyone for watching, for listening. Thank you for your support. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, we really appreciate it. And we will see you next week. Oh, and oh, what? by the time... By the time you'll be watching this, it will be 2021. So happy new year. Oh, yeah. Happy new year. Yes, you're right. Okay. All right, then. (laughs) Bye. Bye.